0: From a cozy sound booth in downtown Chicago to The American Soccer Show, Eric Alcantar here with Emmett McConnell and here to talk all things soccer in America. To say it was a wild weekend in MLS would be an understatement, Emmett. I know you were upset at the stop and start nature of the league this season so far. How are you feeling after this weekend though?
1: It's starting to feel like it's getting underway for real now. That said, some teams have still only played three games. Other teams have played five. It's almost twice as many. Uh, (laughs) He did math. It's a a lot of math. Very tough math. And so there's still a big gap in, like, games left to play, but... Right. Yeah. It's it's doing all right. the The games are exciting to say it, you know, at least. So oh, that yeah. was that was fun. How are you? How were you this weekend? Last weekend?
0: Um, I mean, a lot of manual labor that would take up an entire hour of this podcast explaining. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that uh, I'm okay. Like my break was fine. That we had a whole week off of classics. That's a rarity these days. So that's nice. Can't complain about that. Nah, it could be worse. Yeah, so we'll be talking Zlatan, of course, uh, the first ever El Trafico, goals upon goals, and underdog expansion franchises. Ready to get this going? Let's get it started. Yeah, all right. So there's only one way we can start, though. The first ever edition of El Trafico. But uh, let me start from the casual perspective, right? Because this game was, was perfect. If someone tuned into this game and hadn't watched MLS or even, like, a game of soccer before on TV, this had everything. Seven goals, the big comeback, star players playing like stars, and then the star comes into the game late on and leads the big comeback. And it almost felt like it was scripted. Right? It like Slatan's movie like, like MLS
1: had this big plan, like, this is how we're going to get the viewers and They're going to they're gonna love the L.A. teams and we're going to... Do, know, do you remember the Mexican pundit game.
0: that was like, oh, they put goalie bad goalies in to increase the scores? That man right now is thinking that they literally scripted this entire game, I bet.
1: Poor Tyler Miller. <laughs> oh, Tyler <laughs> Miller was
0: a victim of circumstance.
1: Yeah. I, not, I'm not a, uh, like a scripted person. Uh, is, is there like a word for that, uh, that conspiracy uh, theory, like the flat earthers, the, no, the, the scripted MLSers? The, the
0: scripted sports in general. People are just like, they're all fixed. Yeah. There are people that believe that.
1: Well... You know some sports I, I are. See it. if you call them sports, like wrestling. That, but <laughs> that's the, uh, no, <laughs> not
0: what we're talking about here.
1: <laughs> but uh, no. It, WrestleMania is
0: Sunday. Don't don't get that started.
1: Oh yeah, let's get, don't get started on that. But uh, it, it felt scripted. It was like oh my yeah like a, LAFC you get to a big big lead. Here comes Chris Pontius and the oh, LA yeah. Galaxy. It's good to see him man. get on the on the score sheet after a tough twenty seventeen. was a good goal too. Yeah, he's, he's good in the air.
0: Yeah, so I, but I wanted to start on the other side first. The Los Angeles Football Club, apparently being called by many LA Galaxy fans as Los Angeles formerly Chivas. I thought that was beautiful. On yeah, top I guess of, they set
1: themselves up for that, didn't they? <laughs> on top of
0: the Carson Galaxy. This is, this is fun, watching them go back and forth. Uh, Carlos Vela, he, he was spectacular in that first half. So his first goal, right, it's a piece of, uh, it's a great strike. But that second goal is remarkable composure to keep the ball close to him. You know, he's got players lunging at him left and right. The goalie comes out, and he still manages to keep the ball, keep the ball, and then finally just plays a beautiful shot. And it looked like LAFC was going to run away with this thing.
1: With his weak foot, too. Yeah. So I forgot that was with his right. Yeah, it, you watch in the beginning, and you're thinking, oh, it's, you know it's scripted to be the LAFC show. It's the Carlos Vela show. What a talented player, what a talented team. This yes. is, you know, poor LA Galaxy never stood a chance.
0: And then it all fell apart when, of all players, Benny Failhaber has a, just a brutal giveaway, and it leads to the first goal by the Galaxy.
1: And I don't think LAFC was worried at this point even. 3-1, 3-0 before that. They gave up one goal. Yeah, we would have liked the out on the road, but that's all right. I, it was his last 20 minutes... I think they were just in like yeah let's just you know we'll just win we'll win it. It was it was
0: nice to see Sebastian Leje get that goal. You know he's he's coming back off that big injury. Yeah, he was getting player, national team player. looks. So I, I do hope that it works out for him. It, so everything's going fine still. You would think for LAFC and then the man, the Chris myth, Pontius? the legend. No,
1: no. Well, he got that second goal. <laughs> he, he does get that second goal, but it's
0: not until after Zlatan comes in in the seventy first. Mm-hmm. So Ibrahimovic. They say the rest is history, right? The man comes on and everything about the game just changes. Chris Pontius does score off that cross. I I do want to say that I think Joao Moutinho has to do better here because the ball comes in on a cross. It's right about at his waist, maybe, you know, almost up to his chest. It's somewhere in there. You as a defender, you have got to do better to get that ball away because he goes for the header, and it's fine if you want to do that, but you but that you put yourself in a position where you have to win the header, and he doesn't, and so that's it. Right, the ball goes through, and Pontius is able to put it away. It's a good finish by Pontius, but I I think Mochino will, with experience, learn that you can't do that.
1: And it, I I agree with you. It's one of those things where it's it's difficult. I've talked to player uh, one player before who's had to guard him, uh, who is telling me how difficult it is come against him because Pontius is—he's like, fast and he's strong. Te- like he'd say, but technically he's not all there. <laughs> but trying to defend a guy like that, especially when Moutinho is what eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. So he's—he's he's not he's even a young you know, guy. He's not even filled out yet. That's a bigger challenge, I think, than many people realized. Uh, so yeah, with with time, he'll—I think—he'll figure that one out. But I, I he would should think have so done better. Well.
0: But he does—he has to do better because uh, if that does, I think, open the door then. Uh, for zlatan to score the best goal ever i don't maybe the goal of the year for sure it's going to be it's going to have to be on the list at the end of the season We're like only a, 5 games in he
1: didn't just loop it over him we saw david villa last year lo- just loop no, one this over man. Blake. it was perfectly placed he's say, oh what great technique he just he pops Crushed it right over him it. absolutely smashes it <laughs> he I, wasn't trying to chip him he was just trying to smash it past him
0: i i was so amazed by this and the only thing that could have made it better The only thing that could have made it better was Ray Hudson calling it. John Strong does a pretty decent job, and I want to play the I want to play the clip right here so you can hear John Strong freak out.
1: Throwing his body in, it's gonna fall for Ibrahimovic.
0: Yeah, so he 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 lost it, and but that's John Strong. He's a pretty composed man.
1: He's a good announcer. Nothing against I loved, him. But I, I, w- I would have liked to yes. hear Ray Hudson. Ray call Hudson
0: that. calling that probably would have would have ended this. Would have ended life as we know it. I think. I Ooh. think
1: he, the metaphor he would put out would make Shakespeare. Look like <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yeah, a poor arth- author. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, then in the 91st minutes, Latan scores again off a header across. Uh, everything pretty much going against the Galaxy at this point. It's Lawrence Simon who ends up covering him. I think that during the run of play, it's extremely difficult to guard a player as tall as Laton. He's got five inches on him. Does Latan at six five versus the six foot? He's also pretty Lawrence, quick. Lawrence, Lawrence Simon's quick. Yeah, no, he's he's deceptively fast when you consider how big he really is. So he's basically a tank charging down the field, and see, again, it's one thing in a dead ball situation where everybody kind of gets a chance to, okay, me, 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 markup, and then in you this can, case... You can hold him a little you bit. You can hold them. There's a lot more. You can get away with a lot more on a set piece. Here, Zlatan, it's an open play. The ball comes in, and Simon just gets absolutely bodied. Zlatan scores, and, I mean, the place went nuts. It, it,
1: it wasn't as, like, impressive a goal, I think, for everyone, but he, he beats Miller to the ball. He beats Simon to the ball, And it was like, you you see in that first goal his technical ability, his star power. And in that second goal you see, okay, he's like, you know, he's not just, you know, a big name who's just going to smash in crazy goals. He's just an out-and-out goal scorer, right?
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, we talked about it last week, right? What kind of influence is Latan Ibrahimovic going to have on this team? Is it going to be the positive influence that... They're hoping it's going to be because, you know, we talked about that he can only do so much, right? Even if he comes into the league and scores 15 goals, is that going to be enough to turn that the defense around? Is it going to keep the midfield cohesive? And there was a lot of debating as to whether or not he was even going to gel in the locker room. He's a big personality guy. I, I got to say, through through this game at least, he has inspired some kind of confidence in that team because you can't come back from 3-0, especially after scoring an own goal to put yourself down 3-0 without Zla- crediting Zlatan for not just his performance in the game, but also being able to rally the team together and say, well,
1: we're not done here. Him Just him coming on gave yeah. the Galaxy his that extra boost. His presence has yeah.
0: seemingly changed the dynamic of the Galaxy team, and perhaps that's what they were looking for, right? Because, again, he doesn't improve the defense by being out there, but he does perhaps improve their morale. And I, don't need to, I think I need to tell anybody that when you're feeling good about yourself, you play a much better game.
1: Yeah, and, you know, not to mention being at home, getting the fans behind you. Yes. Uh, I, I think with the fans pushing them on, the team steps up. I mean, pretty easy for a fan base to get a little downcast at 3 nothing against your arch
0: uh, uh, rivals who were being very noisy yeah, to your, this our, point.
1: Yeah, your, your noisy neighbors, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this this guy comes in and basically turns around and gets the fans pumped up, gets the team pumped up. Seems like he's... he, he br- and. About him being like a big personality in the locker room, have you ever heard of him having a bad clashing with people? Clashing in the locker room. I believe Barcelona had a bit Bar- of a... At, Bar- at Barca, maybe when yeah. he was younger.
0: I think that it comes like he is a big personality. There's that I think he would himself would absolutely
1: tell you that. I think he tries it on purpose. Yeah, it's not just like. Uh, a, but
0: I think that at Manchester United, for example, he 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 mentioned that one of his goals for going there was trying to win the Champions League. That obviously didn't work out. But you could tell, look, it's a Jose Mourinho locker room. He was working with a lot of younger players, uh, the Martial's, the Rashfords of the world, who were essentially, you know, competing for his spots, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you can only uh, have so much. Even Lukaku came in this season, and there hasn't really been much of a peep about if Zlatan was causing trouble or Zlatan was demanding to play. I I think that it speaks perhaps to a character that we don't often see outside, you know, behind closed doors, that maybe he is this, you know, this, this great leader that just, he, he wants to fire everyone up, and some tough love maybe at times, especially, you know, you, don't, you never want the striker coming over and telling the defense that, hey, we need to play better, but hey, if it's going to produce this, I think the Galaxy would be happy to sign on on as both the player and the manager.
1: I mean, yeah, he didn't do so well as uh, at Barca, but look at his history at Inter Milan, AC Milan, Paris, and at Man United. He, he always seemed to get along really well with his teammates. So yeah, not too many people have a bad word to say about it, Even the the, the Sweden national team players. I mean, he stepped down willingly. Uh, to be fair, he they, might be coming back. Well, they're asking for him. He back. did his, he did his, say that his, his, those players look up to him so much at Sweden that they want him back for that World Cup. Even if he he even said that he makes the team worse playing for Sweden. It, do, I, it he, does it may be the messy effect almost because
0: the uh, the system kind of runs through There's a lot of time when he's on the field. Now Sweden has actually gone to a bit more of a free flowing play because they no longer have that focal point. That, it, can, it goes both ways, right? You no longer have that focal point, so it forces you to change your style. It can work for the better. It means more players get involved in the attack, but at the same time, it also means that you don't have the guy to get you out of a situation. Which sometimes
1: in the World Cup is necessary. Um, so it, it seems like... Any, I mean, for listen, for a guy who's such a big attitude who says, LA wanted Zlatan, so I gave them Zlatan. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, he has these awesome quotes that make him seem very full of himself, for him to say that the team plays better without him, he's going to step down from his national team, from his his home country, you know, I think it's a little bit of a show.
0: Uh, uh, Everything he does is in character, basically, but I think that's perhaps what the league needs, because larger-than-life personalities are still kind of hard, even after all this time, they're still kind of hard to come by in this league, and I can tell you this right now, I saw people, colleagues of ours here, sharing tweets about Zlatan Ibrahimovic that I promise you have never once tweeted about soccer in their lives,
1: so... That's the most exciting thing Yes, perhaps, is getting the people into MLS and into soccer. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll
0: have a big crowd when they come to Bridgeview on the 14th. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Speaking of the Bridgeview fire, they get their first point of the season, a 2-2 draw with the Portland Timbers, which means the fire will not be the last team to earn a point in 2018. Small victories, to say the least. Uh, A lot of good and a lot of bad, I think, came out of this one because... It's weird to me that the Fire have actually managed to fall behind in every single game that they've played this season, and yet in every single game this season, they've also managed to equalize, and in the case of the first game, they even were able to come back and take the lead. So... This is kind of a team that clearly it's very leaky in the defense, and it doesn't help that, again, the, the rotating door right back just seems to keep on going and keep going because, you know, Polster was supposed to start there, but he's been injured. Rafael Ramos ends up being injured, and so now Ellis has to kind of go out there and play that right back position that I don't think he's really well suited for. We continue to talk about the absence of Campbell being a big issue. Brandon Vincent, for all the good work that he's kind of showing on the offensive end, was pretty miserable defensively, I thought, on Saturday because especially in the first goal, I see Valeri makes that run into the space, and there is an ocean of space for him to run Mac into. Mac truck.
1: You had three Mac trucks going side-by-side side, could run down that alley. And so, but
0: you're, and you're like, okay, who's the defender on that side? Well, it's Brandon Vincent. Brandon Vincent is up for the attack, and I understand that it was a giveaway that starts this attack for the Portland Timbers. But Brandon Vincent, I mean... It looks bad because he's he's trying to chase Valeri, who's got, like, seven steps on him, so he's never going to catch him. But then he's not even, like, in a full-out sprint. He's almost kind of, like, jogging it out, like, well, Shriding woe is me. Woe is me. Uh, I was not impressed with uh, the defense, like I was mentioning there. Like I said, uh, I was really not impressed with uh, Channy, I thought that he was just kind of there and we talked about that he's not the player that's going to show up in the stat sheet he's not the player that's really going to show up in a lot of big highlight plays but i'm telling you what in the first couple games i could at least say he was putting in the dirty work he really didn't even do any of that here either and it could have had something to do with the fact that they've kind of they're trying to move this team around trying to see if they can get something else to work but like katai is he's still not on the same page as his teammates i thought maybe the international break would help with that because i mean not too many of the fire players were leaving for that some time to kind of get together and gel I just really wasn't impressed with anybody other than maybe uh, Nemanja Nikolic and Bastian Schweinsteiger, who I have to say the mark of a true goal scorer is the one that can score even when the team's not doing as well because Nikolic is making goals out of nothing now.
1: Well, some credit has to be given to Vincent. He's been putting in some terrific balls. He has, and but, I'm wondering, but he's the left back. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering at what point is, is is that a good thing that he's been so prolific on offense, got a goal and assist, and he had a, what was it, an assist? Uh, he's had at least two or three assists this season. He's
0: had, he's had some good passes, and he may not have gotten an assist for all of them. But, he, de- I mean, for sure he gets one in this game, and he gets a goal as well. For sure he
1: got an assist in the Sporting Kansas City game. Yeah. And your question is, is it a problem that you're, you know, your best passer, not your best passer of the ball, but who's getting the most assists for you is your left back, a guy who's a natural center back.
0: There's actually, I I was doing a Northwestern game, and I can't remember what team they were playing, but there was a team that's left back was essentially their best creative player. He had like nine assists on the season, and I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like crosses and lucky headers. This man was taking on defenders in the middle of the field, and he was just doing it. It was actually pretty incredible to watch him. Make that work now. When that's the idea of the system, right? When you when you play through him, I, I guess you can make it work. But uh, first of all, that's the, you know the NCAA level, right? That's that's not yeah. even comparable. I th- it has to be better from other people because you know Dax McCarty has been completely
1: absent. He he's. Not the same Dax McCarty we've seen in the past. And
0: so it's shouldered the, It's made Bastian Schweinsteiger have to shoulder a little more of the load. Katai was supposed to be brought in for some more creativity. Again, it looks like he's trying to pick out the passes, but he doesn't really offer much when he's not connecting on those passes. It, it's It's been kind of frustrating to watch, honestly, because this team isn't all that different from the one last year, and yet not only can they not defend they can't seemingly put together anything in attack. And then the worst part is they are scoring. So it's like there's some missing link there because clearly the forwards are doing their job, getting into the box and putting the balls. Forward. In the net. Oh, well, yeah, the forward. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. And But then there's this disconnect between, you know, like, say, Vincent, who is playing well with the ball, Schweinsteiger, who can only, you know, put so many passes, right? It falls on guys like Chaney, guys like McCarty, to be able to create links forward and they're just not doing it
1: and it seems like the disconnect between the midfield and the defense midfield and the forwards has been the issue yes if if you're needing to bypass the midfield to get assists with vincent you know there's some underlying issue with that i actually when i played in college a team amherst had a, a similar thing where their right back was their best player who got all their assists and just did everything again it's a college level thing but this is a guy who's normally a winger and i played with him um in high school he was an attacking middle winger but just a, a great player so he could he could play right back cause he was very talented vincent's a center back who they thought? Oh, we need a lefty. We need a left back. They pushed him out to left back. He's athletic. He's he seems fast. to have adapted well he's, to it. He advice. has adapted well. We can give him credit. He's becoming a. a it's not a,
0: easy. It's one of the harder positions to play. Ironically.
1: Yeah. It, despite
0: not being like the tailor-made position for people to want to play.
1: Yeah. Mo- I mean, most to be fair, most fullbacks and wingbacks are converted. You know, converted from other yeah, positions. Yeah.
0: So, so it's kind of weird to have to like say, oh, it's the hard one of the harder positions on the field, and yet there are no like fullback specialists many times.
1: Yeah, uh, but he, but you know he's he's become a serviceable player there, and but the question is in the midfield. We talked about Shawnee. He was, he, he comes in, and he, he has to look like he's a link between the midfield and the defense, right? He has to be able to. He's there he to help to out Dax because to... Dax had to shoulder a huge burden of being that link, that sole link for the most part because Shrine is getting forward and he's looking like he's trying to link up uh, the the midfield and the forwards, but you need someone with the defense, right? Yes. And that seems to have been Dax. And they thought, well, he's getting a little isolated. We can put someone next to him who can help him out. But there's still that, Especially on defense, not even just on the ball, that separation between the defense and the midfield. And I think Chani is needed to kind of stay tight, stay close to the defense, and not give up that space between so that players can run at them and create those spaces.
0: I suppose we'll see if they can kind of get this fixed because they are going to have to face the Columbus crew this coming weekend. will not be an easy game even here in Toyota Park.
1: They'll have to shore up the defense first, you have to assume.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to have to get a lot. Uh, the one other thing I do want to mention, I, I, I do want to give some credit. I mean, you know, Portland played fairly well in this game. In uh, San- The second goal, you can, if you go back and watch it, Sanchez is screaming for someone to pick up the run of Blanco because you know, he, he passes out to the right wing when he has the ball at the top of the box, and then he makes a run in, inside, mm-hmm. and no one picks him up on that run. And Sanchez is calling him out, calling him out. No one picks him up. And so, you know, he, he gets the free the free header to it, and he scores. And Sanchez is irate afterwards, and uh, rightfully so. Yeah. You're yelling it. You like yell out for someone, and then no one goes to pick him up. It's I frustrating. Mean, I mean,
1: I've, I've, I've had it happen before. You're, you you know, you start by just calling out. You're calling it out. It's not happening. You start screaming. You start yelling the person's name, trying to get their attention. Right? And as a goalkeeper, it's uh, and it's the same for any position, really. When you're communicating, you put a name on it. So you have to assume he's saying something like, Johan, you know, coming in the box on your right shoulder or something, you know. Letting him know where the guy is, where he's coming from. And when you start doing that, and then you start screaming at the top of your lungs. <laughs> and they still don't hear you. And then the ball goes in. And it's... It, it's you're irate. It's one, yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes... Like, a lot of times when you're a goalie, the ball goes in, there, there's a certain, like, feeling of, like, oh, I should have done something better, something I could have done. But when that happens... <laughs> You're not even thinking about how the ball went in. You're just thinking about how Why did, did no nobody pick, pick that out? guy up. I've been yeah. ye- I was yelling at them for a solid, and again, five, ten seconds in the game is like a long time to turn, be yelling right? at someone to do something.
0: Yeah, uh, Campos is, Diego Campos is the one guarding him when he passes off. And he, and he starts ball watching.
1: Doesn't track his run. He
0: doesn't track the run. I, I don't want to blame it all on him, though, because I mean he runs into the middle of the 18-yard box. Somebody has to go for him. It's, it's a complete breakdown in defense, and again, probably comes from the fact that you're basically playing a third-string defensive line at this point, so other than Vincent, I, I think that something's going to have to be fixed there because that can't keep happening. The, the, the a lot defense, of lapses
1: are leading to these goals. The defense doesn't look like one of the stronger ones in the league. Kapelhoff is a, is a good player, I yes, think. Yes, he is. Uh, offensively, he's very talented, uh, so he's a guy who can play the ball to the back. Vincent's shown himself to be a, a quality MLS player at least, but... Christian Dean Ellison at right back. And no. Until you get Polster back, that defense isn't good enough to to isolate itself. Especially you, with the need...
0: average that best keeper as well, who yeah. who did not have a bad game. But
1: but but yeah, yeah he's he's not one of the top top guys in the league. He's not going to be able to master your mistakes. You need guys like Shawnee and Dax to be connecting with that defense and keeping the gap small, so they're not getting isolated. Yeah. All
0: right. One other game we want to feature here is the one between Orlando City and the New York Red Bulls. This was a shootout for the ages. The Red Bulls took the lead twice, equalized the game at 3-3, and then still couldn't keep Orlando City down as they end up winning the game 4-3. Dom Dwyer, the man that I heaped praise on in that first podcast, he comes in for Orlando City, this first game in the team, and immediately makes an impact by scoring by two goals. By I was getting yeah. to that. His second goal does come with a bit of controversy, but from the hmm. goalkeepers union over here. Uh, the ball comes in from the corner, and Dwyer basically just boxes out Luis Robles away from the ball and was able to put it in the back of the net using his superior strength. It's, you know, you may be a member of the goalkeepers' union, but somebody has to be a member of the strike force. So that's is what that I'm what here. what call it? That's what I'm calling it now. I don't force? know if there's any... I don't know that there's an official name for it, so I'm calling it the strike force, the striker force. The striker force? Yes. It doesn't really have the same ring to it. Strike force it is. Look, I know we, we even went a little bit back and forth on this on Twitter, but I... I just I can't get over the fact that the goalie has so many protections, and I think that I, look. Where were the protections? He doesn't. There were do no protection we can, there. Well, he doesn't do anything illegal. He uses his. First of all, first of all, if we're calling it by the book. Robus fouls him before the play even gets anywhere because he shoves him off. So, I'm
1: just are you saying, telling me that on a set piece, a shove like that from the goalkeeper hey, is a foul. Hey, if we're I calling gar- it by I the I guarantee you of the book. Guarantee you that there were three worse fouls on that play <laughs> by the Red Bulls. I guarantee you, not even just by Dwyer, by the defenders and the Red Bulls I'm sure grabbing maybe, and holding.
0: Maybe, maybe, but I'm just going to tell you this: I commend Dom Dwyer for going for it. The so, ball is coming; it's way too close to the goalie. Anyway, it's not the greatest ball so, in the so world. So here's
1: the thing: here's why the goalkeepers need protection. Is right because it's especially in a position like that, it's almost impossible for them to use their hands to protect themselves. So Dwyer's got his arm outreached. He's got a hold of Robles' shirt, and he's pushing him out, right? He's not pushing his arms out in a pushing motion, but he's got it extended, and he's stiff-arming him, so to speak. Uh, Robles can't do that with his arms. He can't push back because he needs his hands to reach the ball. So he's trying to get close to him while being getting pushed back and not having the ability to use his hands. This is why goalkeepers need protection. Specifically for balls in the air and on crosses like this, a goalkeeper is reaching out, focused on the ball. They get blindsided so easily I think it's a missed call there. Uh, that, that gets called? Nah. I generally it, think it, that should it, it be called. It does get, usually get called, which is one of the other things, too. If Robles does that to Dwyer, there's no call. But he can't because he's a goalkeeper. If he's pushing out with one arm, what's he doing with the other one? I don't know what he's doing with the other one, but I guarantee you if he had run over Dwyer to
0: get to the ball, there would be no foul call. Dwyer would yeah. be on the ground yelling. I agree. There would be no foul call. And there, But there should be. He, this has to go both ways here. I no, know he's the No, no, it doesn't
1: need to go both ways. The goalkeeper's a completely different player. Uh, no. The goalkeepers need to be protected.
0: I I think we we make it too hard to score goals these days. Clearly, we... Make it too hard. I,
1: Okay, but how about this? Is it something that we can probably agree on. Why was there no one on the front post clearing that out?
0: Yeah, I don't know. There should have uh, been a Red Bull man uh, uh, the front uh, post uh, Again, uh, I, I told you before, this is not a good ball. This, this is... This should really, honestly, be a hopeless one because there should be someone on the front post knocking it out. There, also... Robles should ask one of his defenders to, hey, get this guy out of here, you know, because the defender can do a lot more, like you mentioned.
1: Because they have use of their hands in play. But here's the thing. Watch, if you're watching a corner kick, Right, people listening to this, uh, breaking the fourth wall here, it, watch the, the striker. They're not allowed to touch the goalkeeper. They're not allowed to walk in front of them. All they can do is stand there and stand still. I've, I've had this discussion with referees. I've played in games. This has happened. And the striker's not allowed to interfere with you. It's obstruction even if they're going for the ball it, when you're dealing with a goalkeeper like that it's obstruction which is why you put another you put one of your defenders on them to make sure that they can't you know obstruct you so you have to be wondering where is the red bulls man who's helping out robles here generally you put someone there so that they can't do that so you have that extra protection so there is that question on the red bulls of what you know who's supporting robles here who was irate oh
0: the only red bulls players that were supporting him were after the fact like demanding a var review
1: and and the and the thing is we're debating this because it was a close call. It could have gone either way. I think it's a foul. You think it's not? No. Either way, the the, the Red Bulls need to do better here. They need a man on the front post, and they need someone supporting Robles. And I think you're gonna, they're going to hear about it afterwards. Those defenders are going to hear it from Robles. They're going to hear it from Jesse Marsh because you got to protect your goalkeeper. You gotta. You can't let that happen to him. Yeah, because then I, that's what happens. A goal goes yeah, in like that's that. That's true. A scrappy it, goal like it's that.
0: It's a scrappy, scrappy goal. Welcome back to Mr. Dom Dwyer, who looked uh, very good in this game. Sasha. He was only fit for about sixty minutes, so he did have to come off. But it looks like he's working his way back to full fitness. Uh, Sasha Clutchstein, so They finally kind of get their almost their first team lineup back because uh, Specter was still out. But they're getting closer. They got Merrim, They got Klustein. Yeah. They got Dwyer. They, they get. They're getting. They there. got a pretty good solid core. And it we'll was see. A good game. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Uh, it was fun. All right. Uh, the rest of the games, Toronto FC 3, Real Salt Lake 1, believe it or not, these were the first goals of Toronto's 2018 MLS campaign. We kind of got caught up in their Champions League run, but they actually have not scored yet in the league until this.
1: Quote from Jonathan Osorio after the game, we wanted to give the league a two-game head start. <laughs> so, maybe a little bit cocky, but Ooh. I think I think Toronto will make the playoffs this year.
0: Nah, probably, I don't, think, I don't see them missing, they have too much talent not to. Uh, Columbus Crew 1, Vancouver Whitecaps 2, Kai Kamara scores the winner against his old team, just kind of muscles the defender right off, it's a pretty, uh, it's a good goal,
1: I he's a, think. He's a big, strong guy, yeah. yeah, he's a quality forward, but he is someone who does create problems in the locker room. He it does. Happened Columbus, he it happened at Columbus, it happened in New England, as long as they're winning, I think he'll be happy, though.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that goes, uh, I mean, maybe Vancouver will humble him, even
1: though it's kind of... I mean, Vancouver's been doing well on the road. They beating Columbus here Columbus has been doing well. it's hard on the road. That's a far <laughs> trip from Vancouver to Columbus. yeah. Uh, so two time zones that's 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 a good result for them.
0: yes. Uh, I love this celebration too. The VAR just uh, like a few minutes before this took a goal from Alfonso Davis just before this. So he basically he does the VAR motion and he's like, review that. I love it.
1: He's, he's been a quality signing and I think that's what they've been missing in the past is a good... A little nasty, maybe. A little I, nasty. I was going to say,
0: maybe the fire could have used a little bit of nasty, because I'll tell you what... Big striker like that. I don't like to call people soft, but i got to say that they're, like Cheney should have probably been the player that's like putting in the hard tackle and getting on everybody's case. Like, what are we doing here?
1: And Well, he did come from Vancouver. Perhaps it's a little bit of that niceness from Vancouver paying <laughs> off Kamara had to bring yeah. the... There
0: you go, the nasty.
1: The nasty to Vancouver. Mm. Did
0: they let that over Customs? I think you have to check it. I okay. think, you have, you think you have to declare it. Declare yeah, that at declare the game. Declare customs, yeah. yeah. I'm declaring a, a little bit of nasty. You have to declare over 50% nastiness.
1: I'm, I'm the, declaring I'm 75. A, I'm a nasty man. i got to <laughs> declare it. <laughs> uh,
0: Minnesota 0, uh, Minnesota United 0, Atlanta United 1. Uh, Francisco Calvo scores an own goal early in this game. We'll come back to him in a second. Uh, Gonzalez Perez gets sent off in the 38th minute, so Atlanta kind of has to bunker in for the rest of the game. They do end up getting the one nothing result on the road. Very tough to do. The aforementioned Calvo after the game comes out and says, I know you're not asking me this, so he's answering a question he was not asked. to something he wants to say. Yes. I'm tired of how Major League Soccer gives a lot of credit to Atlanta or, expletive, LAFC. Sorry for the word. Because it's weird how Minnesota wins and Major League Soccer goes, eh, okay, Minnesota wins. But Atlanta wins or LAFC wins and they make a show. I don't know why. So I think we deserve more respect in this league, all right? I'm tired of that because I think we are, I mean, we are 23 teams in this league, so we deserve more respect in this league. That's what I want to say. A couple things to note. Number one, uh, Francisco Cavo is going to have to get over the fact that at the end of the day, the teams with the big pockets and the big stars tend to be the ones that get the big highlights because that's, honestly, it's just the way things are. I think that that's something he will have to just kind of get used to. I understand it was frustrating because he scores the own goal, Essentially, loses the game for his team, right? At the so end, it's probably frustrating. He will, yeah. he will absolutely feel that way because I'm sure, you know, he's a very big professional. Even though, let's be honest, scoring an own goal and then your team failing to score for almost a full ninety minutes—that's you know. You're hoping your striker's
1: going to bail you out. When you that would happens.
0: hope so, right? I would. I'm not going to put the blame on him losing the game, but I imagine that he himself is very frustrated after this kind of a loss. Minnesota and Atlanta basically are the two new kids at school right now, but one of them, Atlanta, has a lot of money. Fancy clothes, personality, you know, they, they're hanging out with the popular group. They're sitting at the cool kids' table, right?
1: Top of the table. Yeah. <laughs> there you half, go. There you
0: least. go. Uh, while Minnesota is, you know, just your average kid that no one understands. Apparently, uh, he's Timmy Turner from The Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, some some friends, right, you know, got their own group of friends. They're not unpopular by any stretch of the imagination, but perhaps not the ones Minnesota wants, right? They want to be at the, the big, cool kids' table. They want to be... Talking up, I don't, uh, talking up the girls at lunch. I don't know what I never sat at the cool kids table. I wouldn't know. Talking
1: to the new girl LAFC at lunch. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But I I, I get what you mean. But LA, but Minnesota was terrible in the beginning of last year. They were, they were really bad.
0: They were miserable. And I wanted to come back to that because, okay, so look, it's one, I get it. Like, not every, you can't, not everybody can have the sexy South American signings that you know, come into the league and immediately make an impact and you make the playoffs in your first year, it's difficult. The expansion side is extremely difficult, and I think that people may, because of Atlanta and LAFC, kind of forget that when, you know, say Nashville and uh, whoever else they pick to come in with them or Miami, whoever it may be, right, people might forget that and they might put some lofty expectations, and I think Nashville especially might have a tough time meeting them. My point is to say that Minnesota... Had options. They didn't. They didn't have to field basically their NA, their NASL squad with a few improvements here and there. They really did do themselves a disservice, I think, getting off to that horrific start because people associate them with losing. Fair or not fair, that's we know mm-hmm. Minnesota United now is kind of this the, the perhaps maybe the better comparison would have been Atlanta United, the big older brother that's really cool, but then the you know the nerdy younger brother who just kind of follows along and you know. He's he he's losing this one, right? Yeah, and he's and he's gonna
1: we can kick all and, sh- and kick and scream his way up there. But the but here's the thing: is right they they just made a big DP signing. They did and not Are South American, tell? but from what was he? It was he is South American, but yeah. they signed him from uh, yeah, Club America. Club, Club America. So they did that. They they turned their team around. They've made good signings. They're doing better. They're do, they're doing significantly better, uh, but. The reason that teams like Atlanta and LAFC get this kind of attention is because they're the model expansion team. Right. See, We look at, the, like, not even too far ago, Seat, too, uh, not too long ago, Seattle did this. They were the model expansion team. Orlando, even if they haven't been that successful, have gotten a lot of attention because, you know, Minnesota brings in a lot of fans too. That's true. And the Orlando game didn't even look that packed against the Red Bulls. <laughs> no, it was not. So I, I, I see where they're coming from. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. You know, seven, eight years ago as an expansion team, kind of in a similar boat. Didn't really want to spend a lot of money, not really that successful. Not going to get attention. It's, It's the way it is. It
0: is the way it is. And again, it's like this in all sports, right? Calvo, I'm sure he was frustrated, but I'm sure he also knows this, right? Every sport is the same way. The big teams sign the big players, and they get the news highlights even when they're not doing well. That's the way it is. And there's, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Other than just play better and try to win games, because I, winning will get you noticed.
1: And they, hey, if they keep you know performing well and getting results, they'll be in the discussion more.
0: Yeah. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes one, New York City FC two. NYCFC have now scored two goals in six straight matches, going back to the last game of the 2017 playoffs that they played against the Columbus Crew. This isn't just David Villa either. Uh, he has two goals, but he's also only played in two of their matches. So. So far, so good for NYCFC. They've only dropped two points, and it was in the opener against uh, Sporting Kansas City.
1: I think they've got to be the favorites at this point, right? And that was on the road against a tough Sporting Kansas City team <laughs> yeah. that's first in the West. So, you know, you, you call that a good result. I said it before, I think they're going to win the win the East. With Toronto starting off slow, you know, Toronto might pull a UV and but, you know, New York City has not been slouches in their time of the year, in the league. We I mean, forgot that they're a pretty new team, too. And they've kind of... Despite the guys like Villa and Pirlo and Lampard, I feel like this year they're kind of getting a little bit of the Minnesota treatment, aren't they? They're not really getting that much attention, but they could be the best team in the league this year. They could be. I they could was with the supporters' shield. I'm
0: gonna have to give myself a medal off. By the way, they tied against New England of all people. Actually, they uh, a game at Gillette Stadium, so on the road at least that part was true. But they actually beat Sporting Kansas City two nothing. They drew two two. So I mean like but well, that's crazy, right? Scoring two goals and like it's not even like oh they scored four here and then they scored two the rest of them. No, they've literally scored two goals every single every game. game. Yeah. So those, I mean yeah, they're doing something yeah. right. The
1: defense is pretty good. And they have that advantage though. You're not with... arguing results, right? If they can play on a pitch that's like forty by eighty, <laughs> they can play on a pitch that's sixty by one. I'm, I'm
0: rooting. I know I wanted the fire to be in the Champions League next year, but that's not going to happen the way they're playing because it's going to be like the, the combined table of these last two seasons that gives the last spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want NYCFC in there because man, a CONCACAF team like just having to go into Yankee Stadium and play. Oof, there, there, there will be scenes when they see that field.
1: <laughs> it will be something else. Yes. And it's, teams struggle to go there. They do. I mean, it's always hard to play on the road, but my God, <laughs> playing on a field that small, being able to do that. Different. It, it, cha- it can
0: change your whole style. If you're a long ball team, forget it. You have to play differently because <laughs> you're not going to get those long balls across.
1: Yeah, and it's if your to spread the field. It's easier to close down. I was going to say, if you, if you struggle against the press, good luck there because the, the press can be very effective on a field like that. And it, it just—I imagine—it makes it so much easier for them. On the road they go on the road to a real field, and it's like, look how much space there is. We can like, we can do this. We can do it anywhere. Which, yeah. you know, a little bit of advantage.
0: We'll uh, the aforementioned Sporting Kansas City one, DC United zero, yeah, Houston Dynamo zero, New England Revolution two. Congratulations to the New England Revolution on getting a road victory in Houston.
1: And uh, Brad Friedel, of course, and been, Brad Friedel not been doing too bad recently.
0: Colorado Rapids three, Philadelphia Union zero. Take it away, Emmett.
1: So. I think the scoreline is a little unfair in ways. I'm not sure the Union deserved a goal, not sure Colorado deserved a goal. Uh, But the Union tried to press high. They've done this before. Uh, They lost last year in a similar altitude against Real Salt Lake. Uh, And it was the same thing. They tried to press early. They tried to be the team that pushes the game. In the first half, they dominated possession. Chances, not really. They got a couple, but nothing really too serious. CJ Sapong with his classic, you know, three inches away and that's a goal, you know, just skidding off the end of his toe. Uh, they got tired. The first half they put it all out there. The second half, you know, the altitude, the f- something with fitness gets them. And Remember, they did play the youngest ever combined back line in that game, giving Matthew Real his first start. The eighteen year old, uh, academy product, uh, trusty academy product. And they have those. Elliot uh, sophomore uh, season. Maybe going to be facing a sophomore slump. Keegan Rosenberry started in the right. He was an academy player, but got drafted. He had a sophomore slump last year. Uh, I think it's one of those things, if you can push through a sophomore slump, it proves that you're a quality player. So we saw Nicholas come in the league last year and dominate, golden boot, right?
0: And now this year he's still scoring. And he's still scoring like crazy.
1: Proves that he's a quality player. It wasn't just one year and no one knew how to deal with him. Same thing with Atlanta. We were kind of looking, all right, sophomore season, can they still deal with it? It seems like it has been the case. So... With Elliot, it looks like he's been struggling a little bit more than last year. We'll see if he can keep up with it. Um, and again, th- those Colorado goals were—you know—I don't want to say flukes, but they were unlucky in certain. You need
0: ways. to be careful because you're sounding a little like Hope Solo right now. Yeah, they didn't
1: deserve it. <laughs> no, They're cowards. Co- I think if any team deserved the win, it was Colorado. Okay, I want to put that out there. The, the in because it's the second half. The Union just kind of seemed to lose it. Um, so the first goal is just a corner kick. It takes. A good flick from a Colorado player finds Badge at the back post. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a goal. It's a regular goal, but it's, you know, I don't want to say it, it, it came in the second half. If it was in the first half, it would have came against the run of play. But the second half, uh, Colorado was the, the better team, and they got the better chances. The second goal was a shot that Elliott deflects right into the path of Badge, who taps it in. That one was more of a fluke. That's, <laughs> that's where we see Elliott and we say, okay. Badge had a
0: dream by the way, that day, because, I mean, every ball that came to him was just, let's just tap this baby in.
1: <laughs> right? Like, every single one. was Well, you got that one breakaway that was a little bit less of a, of a, of a tap-in, but for the most part, they, they were all pretty easy tap-ins for him. By the end of the game, Colorado looked like they were bossing it. If you looked at, like, the first 15 and the last 15, you would think you were watching two completely different games. And I think it's going to come down to the, you know, we always talk about going on the road is difficult, <laughs> but for some reason...
0: The trope of this podcast.
1: Last year, Curtin tried to do the same thing. He pushed the attack on the road uh, for the first part of the season. And then when it stopped working, he kind of kept the same style but didn't press as much and didn't, you know, do his, you know, didn't press, didn't kind of defend as a unit, and they kind of lost their shape. They won one game against D.C. United (laughs) on the road.
0: Giant killers, those D.C. United.
1: Yeah, and, you know, against the Minnows, like the Union, they, they struggle at home, so... That could, you could be looking at another season like that for the Union if they don't figure it out on the road. Again, playing on the road is tough, but you've you got to get more than one win if you want to make the playoffs. On the road? <laughs> yeah. You have to. You're going to have to win some games away from home. Uh, the Seattle
0: Sounders are not winning anywhere these days. The Montreal Impact go to Seattle and win one nothing. It's not been a good start for them. They're now the only team without a point this season. Congratulations to them somehow actually having a worse point total than the Chicago Fire. You
1: seem excited about that. Uh, Thank
0: goodness because being bottom of the table again would just trigger me all over.
1: I think they're going to need to make a signing, right? They yeah, need a striker.
0: I think both teams could absolutely use, but perhaps Seattle more so, because they have really just haven't replaced Obafemi Martins. And it's weird to say, because it's been like a while now and, and they, soccer. It's been an eternity, basically. And, and it, they won
1: an MLS Cup yep, in the right. meantime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, tough
0: to say that, but I think it's true. Jor- I think that they've struggled yeah. to replace him.
1: He, he was a quality player for them. Jordan Morris has never really gotten up to that level. The uh, thing with Seattle is... I've I've never watched them play and just thought they were dominant. I've rarely they get by
0: s- by the st- the skin of their teeth. They know how I mean, to grind out those results. Yeah, I mean, they, they go going home.
1: They get results at home, right? they go in from that big that big stadium with a lot of fans. It's loud. They have enough players. They do it at home. They they scrape by on the road. They're well organized, but they don't look like a Toronto or New York City where you're you, you're just, just playing
0: see, teams off the pitch. Yeah, well,
1: you, you almost yeah. And, and even now, LAFC. Atlanta, we also assume they're going to win. but They're not really like that. But you know. yet, they still get it done. Hey, results are results. Hey, I'm, I still think they're going to make six in the West because I look at the West. Va- Vancouver's a good team. LAFC's a good team. Those are t- probably going to be the top two places. The Galaxy, after that last win, might be contenders for the playoffs. Zlatan might turn things around there. My comeback
0: team for this season.
1: Um, I- I'm trying to think of what other teams are like sure things in, in the West. The- no, it's, you, you, gonna, it's a wide-open race. Story. Yeah. Maybe you could say, you know, Portland's still a good team. They should still make the playoffs. But still, that's only four teams. Like, you yeah, teams like Houston and Dallas who haven't really proven themselves enough. That's so, true. Uh, Seattle sense.
0: has also only played three games, so perhaps not all, completely fair to be comparing them against teams that have played as many as five. Mm-hmm. The Champions League, and not that Champions League, we're talking about the best one, the CONCACAF Champions League, comes back this week. Toronto will host Club America. We're at the semifinal round, 8 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night. Uh, America are a good team in good form, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen uh, most weeks. they. I'm really interested to see because Toronto did not play great in their last set of games against Tigres, but they did do well enough to get the result. I think these uh, will be interesting because these are two quality teams. Rain could be a factor in this one, based on the forecast I saw last night, that there could be some rain in, sh- in Toronto.
1: And it'll be cold.
0: Yeah, you never know. Uh, that doesn't.
1: We'll see. We'll have to grind it out again. I mean, get we're entirely convincing against. You teams, have to get the, result the at results
0: because I mean, you don't want to have to go to Mexico and get one. That's always yeah. been the they, the big trope for MLS teams in this, can, in this they competition. They can keep
1: doing it again, what they did last time, grind out those results. They could could see them in the final, but this will be the this will be the real challenge. I think the final, no matter who they play will be a little bit easier.
0: Guadalajara will host the New York Red Bulls 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. The Red Bulls are heading back to Mexico where they beat Tijuana last time 3-1. Chivas not been the best team this season. And if I had to say, if I had to take my pick between the two, I would give the Red Bulls the edge in terms of MLS teams advancing out of this round. It's not going to be easy because I, I, I have praised the Red Bulls a lot. I, I still don't know that they're quality enough to where I'm comfortable putting them over a team like Chivas, who, again, not been great, but they have quality players, and they have a massive home field advantage, which I don't think the Red Bulls do. I think that Red Bull Arena will very well be very pro-Chivas, and there are a lot of Chivas fans up in that area that will go to that game.
1: Seems it's like it's going to be tough to keep them out. J- Jesse Marsh, we saw him in the past few games on the road, Orlando, and then at Tijuana. He presses. It, you got you to play it up to your forwards. You have to hold it up. He's not afraid to press it on the road and get high-scoring games. So, I mean, we'll see if it comes back to bite him. I mean, if the team makes a slip-up, they'll be they'll be through. They'll be breaking through and running at you know, their big guys in the back who aren't that quick. To I me, mean, Parker's a little bit of pace, but uh, Aaron Long and Aurelian and aren't exactly the fastest guys.
0: Yeah, We'll see how that plays out. Uh, we'll jump to Europe quickly uh, because uh, Tottenham ruined... I have Christmas written here, but apparently it's Easter yesterday. That's how was, they, yeah. they may or may not have ruined my holiday so much that I actually messed up which day it was, which is uh, impressive to say the least. I That bad, huh? I was
1: not happy. You were expecting a result at uh, Yes. Well, I guess you couldn't call it three point lane anymore, but uh
0: Stanford Bridge.
1: It was at Stanford Bridge. It was at Stanford Bridge. Oh, no, I was at Stanford. Yeah, not good, Tottenham
0: yeah. had not won there in thirty matches. Like it's
1: it's it's heartbreaking. And with, without Harry Kane in the starting lineup. Yep. Is it, when is it time for for panic in, at, at Chelsea, the Sanford Bridge?
0: I can tell you one thing. There should be no panic among anybody other than the board who need to get everything together because this is bad. Like, this is just so bad to watch. Like, the, the players are clearly dejected, and I, I can't figure out how it is that they continue to kind of... It's like the inmates are running the asylum there because they continue to get these managers, you know, sacked out. And, I mean, you know, it's not... All their fault, right? The manager takes some blame. The board has to take some blame too. Continually not reinforcing the squad, bringing in guys like Danny Drinkwater to be the, you know, your midfield option. Antonio Conte is forced to play a two-man midfield with Ningolo uh, Conte and Cesc Fabregas. That is a disaster waiting to happen because Fabregas can't cover any space.
1: It's it's just not a good enough midfield against it. a Tottenham midfield like that. You got guys like Dembele and Erickson, Ali. Uh, even coming back, uh, Wanyama, Dyer, you know, it, they're not going to have midfield. Look,
0: Chelsea That's were the playing problem, really right? well. Chelsea were playing really well, and then they conceded the goal. It was a great strike by Christian Eriksen. I'm not convinced that Courtois could have saved it, but I'm just saying Caballero probably has to do better because it goes right above him, and he doesn't even dive. He just kind of falls to the ground. I, I think that he looks bad on that play. Mm. Yeah, um, Perhaps the brighter news, I, I guess, uh, the Champions League's back. Sevilla, Bayern in the first legs here, uh, Juventus and Real Madrid on Tuesday.
1: Excited to see Bayern and Barcelona go through after this round. Barca playing Roma. Uh, got to think those are the, probably the easier games put out, though. Yeah, probably. We saw Sevilla get that draw. They almost beat Barca this weekend. So, definitely a case <laughs> of...
0: Yeah, but that's the Sevilla I know.
1: Can't You can't sleep on either of these teams. Man United did it. So, you know, Roma and, and Sevilla... Not the toughest games, but can't you know can't take them too lightly. That that Real madrid UV game could be good because I think both of those teams haven't been great, entirely convincing, but they've been improving. And, so, and
0: is still back on top of Serie A now, and it looks like they're probably going to get it because of Napoli's it's like
1: a four or five point lead now. Yeah,
0: they've they've kind of separated themselves a little bit, and they've been neck and neck with
1: Napoli this whole season. They've been they've been first lead of the year yeah. of the season, and now they're you know almost now they're going to win it. They have to. Drop big time, so that that could be another exciting game. Those ones always are.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm ready to see that. It's time to wrap things up. Uh, things are basically back to normal now, because I believe this is the last international break before we uh,
1: back to the summer. So before we go, we go back for the
0: summer, the, the late summer friendlies that will come about, and then mm-hmm. the teams will head to Russia for the tournament. I'm sure that'll be very exciting. Uh, 16 of 23 MLS are in action this week, so back to normal as Emmett goes back to hating MLS
1: schedulers. Five teams not playing. That, that's seven. Seven teams not playing. I thought you I thought you taught math. I, don't worry about it. Seven teams oh, are not playing. Goodness. It should be
0: one. My goodness. Game of the week for me, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, Atlanta versus LAFC. I know I'm, and on Saturday, by the way, Atlanta versus LAFC. I know I'm basically uh, doing what Calvo didn't want me to do, which is, oh, look, it's the shiny game. Take that, Calvo. But look... <laughs> This is going to be awesome. Big time atmosphere. You know the LAFC supporters are going to show up. You know that Atlanta United is going to show up to this game. I'm excited.
1: That's that's going to be a great one. But my pick this weekend is going to be... Do I get a pick this weekend? Yes, you do. <laughs> LAFC versus Sporting Kansas City. Um, uh, like galaxy, sorry. Oh, <laughs> my goodness! They're you, playing to, you, playing a double header. You've committed heresy. Galaxy versus Sporting Kansas City. Sporting, I believe, is top of the West right now. Galaxy might be able to see a full Zlatan, maybe maybe seventy minutes. I'm maybe. just, I'm telling you this right
0: now. We said it last week, and I, I'm standing by it. If they could convince Zlatan to just come off the bench, keep imagine Zlatan coming in for thirty five minutes a game, that would be a weapon.
1: I, but I just haven't been convinced by Ola Kamara. Eh, we'll see. I think he just really fits so well into the system at Columbus. I think Greg Burhalter is just a great coach. I've said this before, that um, he might, you know, start seeing some bench times. A lot of times putting in two goals like that in 20 minutes. Uh, so, I mean, here's another test for the Galaxy. They had to play their rivals. Now they have to play one of the tougher teams in the West. If they get a result here, I mean, I think we can put them in, you know, the playoff race for the for the West already. I know it's early, but...
0: yeah um support your national tv broadcasts you know the atlanta versus lafc games on espn on saturday sunday soccer saturday is back after a brief hiatus thanks to the uh Unless N- soccer sunday yeah uh thanks to the ncaa tournament and then the international break orlando city is uh, orlando city versus portland on espn 4 p.m eastern and then 9 p.m eastern late one the la galaxy host sporting kansas city which you mentioned it's on fs1 watch them the
1: league needs the ratings I mean, after after seeing Zlatan last uh, night, how could you not? How could you not come but, back this for more? This should be the biggest
0: FS1 rating that they've had, perhaps maybe not ever, but certainly in a while. Because FS1 MLS games, games, specifically, yeah, yeah, for MLS games specifically, because on FS1 specifically as well. And we're not talking Bart Simpson Fox here. I'm I'm just talking about the cable channel because they, they for whatever reason FS1 just hasn't captured the MLS audience that ESPN sort of has. ESPN kind of hovers around 400,000, and yet FS1 seems to struggle to get to those numbers. i I've been I like the ESPN coverage a little bit more. I think it's a. I don't know. I go back and forth because I, I feel what is it about MLS games feeling so lifeless? Because I know they're not like that in real life. But so many games I watch on television feel as if they're not mic'd up at all.
1: Is that, is that the problem? Is like if you, just, if you like watch your local broadcast, maybe there's more. I don't. I more mean, more I, miking on the field. I mean
0: the fire are kind of a bad one for me because the fire don't ever have an
1: atmosphere. A so. couple of weeks ago, when uh, Atlanta was playing at home, I think they were playing DC. That, that stadium in Parisha was mic'd up. That was a loud atmosphere. It was, but that's also a lot more people. You know, we have 70... Over... They also may have
0: had, a, uh, like, a, a a plan already from their time covering yeah. the NFL. Well,
1: I um, mean, if you had 75,000 people in a stadium, it's hard to not get some of the atmosphere. That's true.
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I've seen other complaints that people put out that are just like, it's so... I d I don't know if it's I honestly don't know if it's it is the micing, if it's just if it's just me, if people are just aren't loud, I don't think it's that. I really, I truly believe that they're louder than what they come across on TV. So I think that hurts the games on TV
1: more than anything. Well well I I expect these to be exciting. They should be so. good
0: ones. Uh, thanks for listening this week. We'll be back more for more next week. Be sure to give our podcast a five star rating on iTunes, as well as subscribe so you don't miss another episode. How exciting is that? We're on iTunes now. We're on the Google Play Store. You
1: have no reason to not be listening to us every day.
0: Yeah, seriously. Every single day. Play the podcast over and over again. We could go to Daily Podcast if the people want it.
1: If the people call for it. Yes. This is a democracy, after all. All right. Bye for now.